0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Great to see you here today. I hope you're doing well and uh, enjoying this glorious, extended summer sunshine. And uh, isn't it wonderful? You may have noticed today some of us are wearing these t-shirts These AIM-15 t-shirts, this is not just because of the glorious summer weather. Uh, It's because we are reigniting a campaign. Just give me a wave. If you remember two years ago, we ran a campaign called AIM-15. Some of you might have joined us in that time. You may possibly have heard the phrase AIM-15, banded around. It's not good to have... Uh, like, locals speak. It's good for everyone to be in on the joke. Well, the joke is that uh, it's really important to get to church on time, and some of us need to aim 15 minutes earlier in order to do it. And we found a couple of years ago there was an issue. Can we all say issue? You know, it's good if there's an issue to address the issue, not to just let the issue rumble on. And there was an issue, and the issue was an issue that you will find in nearly every church in the Western world which is generally people drifting into church over the first 15, 30, 45 minutes of the service until everybody is assembled. And uh, we understand, we believe that the gathering of God's people is incredibly important. The potential when the people of God gather together is life-changing. Our own lives can be transformed, and as our own lives are transformed, the world around us can be transformed. And so we spoke into this. AIM 15 means that for most of us, the issue isn't actually an hour. The issue is just 15 minutes where we plan to be on time, but we ran a bit late and we got a bit late. So we spoke into this. We were maybe a bit optimistic. We, we hoped that we would change a culture forever. What actually happened is the response of God's people was brilliant. And we changed behavior for a period of time But then something happened, uh, which is what generally happens when standards aren't addressed again, which is there's something in life where if standards aren't raised up by leadership, they have a tendency to drift south. And what we were aware of, what we had bought into, what we had realized, what we had engineered our lives for, we began to drift back into old patterns. And And a couple of Uh, months ago, we started to notice that our timekeeping here at CLM was was getting worse again. And we believe that it hampers how far we get in the things of God. This is why it's important. This is not, we're not going to be in our bonnet over anything other than we want to maximize the potential of encounter in the house of God and the presence of God. Let me say to you, if you arrive late today, I am not looking at you. I I don't know. I I didn't turn around in the first half of the service so as not to see if you arrived late. I didn't know whether you were here or not. Uh, So this is not aimed at anyone in particular. And the reality is that for most of us, we can get this wrong sometimes. So you don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to feel condemned. You don't need to feel defensive. My prayer is that you will feel inspired to value Come into the house of God and put some things in place in your life. My prayer is that we can cause something good out of ourselves this week and in the coming weeks. Is that okay? If you've got a Bible, want to turn with me to Mark 12. The title of my message today is Why On Time Matters. Why On Time Matters. You know, I'm aware that some of you are actually always on time. Some of you were here on time today. Some of you have been here since early this morning. Now, our worship team, they get in here 7.30 in the morning, sound checking, rehearsing, praying together. Our early team comes in here and prepares the building 7.25 in the morning. Some of you have been here serving today. I want to say thank you. Those that are here on time, I want to say thank you. In fact, I wonder if we could thank all of our serving teams that that make this place work. You know, I'm not... Nothing just happens. You know, the words don't come out on the the screen by themselves. The the chair you're sat on didn't put itself out. Somebody did it. So so Anything that happens, somebody's made it happen. And I so want to say a massive thank you. uh, But the reality is that some of us can, can miss getting to the house of God on time. All of us probably sometimes, but some of us all the time. And that's really what I'm speaking to. You know, there's some people who just arrive for the blessing. And uh, they're not even here yet. And uh, when they come in, we're going to give them a round of applause. And uh, we're going to give them a special blessing, if you know what I'm talking about. Now, I want to say, look, if you know, if you have a tendency to just arrive for the blessing, and you're listening to this on the, on the podcast, for you, I, I have no words. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But for most of us, this is just about the prioritization and the valuing of what it means to come together. In Mark 12, there's a passage of Scripture called the widow's offering or the widow's mite. I understand this is a passage most of us know. It's about stewardship. It's about financial giving. It's about the relative value of our sacrifice. But we also see something. See, I'm not trying to stretch the scriptures, but we observe something here as Jesus positions himself. The Bible says in verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. We can say thanks be to God. Of course... This is really looking at the issue of financial giving, but notice here, Jesus positions himself in the place of worship. Jesus is watching the quality of the worship that we bring, which in part is represented by our financial giving and our substance, but it is represented by much more than that. I believe God is interested in the quality of what we bring. On the quality of of how we approach coming to his house, the quality of our lives. Your church is so much more than these hour and a half, two hours on a Sunday, but it is a part. You know, here it was a part, it's a part of the organized corporate worship, and Jesus is there, and he's what he positions himself to watch what is going on and to observe, and he comments to his disciples about it. He he is watching what we bring, he's watching how we bring it, and he's watching how what we bring relates to the rest of our lives. You might be surprised to be hearing a sermon on this today, but we believe God is passionate about the gathering of His people. We believe this this matters to Him. We often pray in our, we have an early prayer meeting at 8.30 in the morning, and many of you will have been there in that space sometimes. You're welcome to come anytime, and we pray, and often we pray, God, we believe heaven and hell await the outcome of this morning. We believe that in the gathering of God's people, in the presence of God, under the Word of God, anything can happen. Chains can be broken. Tumors can be healed. Lives can be transformed. I don't know if you've ever had an encounter with God in the gathering of God's people. I I have countless, countless times in my life. Coming into the place of the people of God has been a place of encounter, a Bethel for me. And some of that is about the positioning of my own heart, and Jesus is watching how we position ourselves. Incredible potential when we gather. You know, I understand some of us—we're just terrible at timekeeping in general. Just give me a wave if you're like you're just you know you have to say listen, I'm not great at this. Great, it's great. You know, there's about five honest people, and um, but I'm sure. Listen, I am not the world's best timekeeper. Normally in a family, there's one person, isn't there? There's like the one person that's the worst. Now don't look at them right now if they're here next to you. There's is that person that everyone else is waiting for most times. It's always that person. It can happen. I understand that. Psychotherapists cite eight reasons why people continue in damaging behavior. There's denial, justification, Minimization, blame, comparison, uniqueness, victim stance, and generalization. If we apply it to this, your know, denial says, "Oh, oh, but I'm never late." When you just were, it's like, "No, I, I, like, I, I am never late." It's denial. Justification says, "Yeah, but I, I had to clear up from breakfast. I, I had to sort this out." I, we justify ourselves. Yes, but I would have been here, but there was this really good reason. Why? My situation is different. There's minimization. It's like, yeah, okay, but I only missed one song. right? I was, I was here for the offering. We, kind of, we minimize it, and we kind of say, yeah, but there's blame. Well, it, it, was, it wasn't me. It was her fault. I was waiting for her. This happens every week. I would be on time if it wasn't for her, and we, we shift the blame. If that's true, come without her. <laughs> like, t- t- tell her. Tell her you'll see her when she gets there. Or, or him? This isn't. A, this isn't. A, uh, I'm not being sexist here. And somebody, I know you're nodding vigorously. Like you're trying to communicate with me. It is him. Is it? Like I'm not interested who it is. No. That's all. I'm not going after here the, the people. There's, we can we can blame. We can we can shift the blame onto other people. You know, we have a staff prayer meeting here on a Tuesday morning. And and occasionally people arrive late, and normally people have the courtesy to communicate in. And a couple of weeks ago, we we had a text from one member. I I can only hope they were pulled up at the side of the road. But it said, um, uh, see you soon, uh, stuck in traffic. That's fine. That's fair enough, isn't it? We've all been stuck in traffic. The next week, we had the same text a little bit later into the meeting that says, see you in a little while, stuck in massive traffic. That's his person. I want to tell you this person. They, they live in Chilesmore. They like they live, they live round the corner. I mean, how much massive traffic can you get on the tech park, right? I thought for a moment we were in New York. I thought this was like. I mean, I'd hate to see this person try to get to work in London, right? Stuck in. I don't. Maybe you. Maybe you say. Look, I was stuck in massive traffic. This happened. We can. We can blame. We can blame, right? Comparison. Well. Okay, I was late, but I was in front of John and his family, and I noticed they were that bit later than we were. And I've also noticed John and his family, they're nearly always late. Yeah, we, kind of, we, can make, we can justify ourselves by comparing with other people. There's uniqueness, but I have a particular difficulty with getting out of bed in the morning. You know, it is harder for me. You don't understand. It is harder for me than anyone else. There's, there's victimization or victim stance, is so unfair, this wasn't my fault. And this generalization says, yeah, but, but everyone does it. But everyone does it. But let me say this, that maturity takes responsibility. And responsibility takes action. Let me say that again. Maturity takes responsibility, and responsibility takes action. Aim 15 is it's an idea that says, actually, what if, we were all to aim 15 minutes earlier than we normally do. For most of us, we find ourselves arriving in time. We take a lot of stress out of the situation. You know, I don't know if you've ever been there, and you know, you—it's all—it's all going fine, but then something happens. You go into a time warp. You kind of thought it was half past eight, and now it's quarter to nine, or like for the 11:15, the 11:30 service, sorry, or you know, maybe it's like. You thought it was half past 10 and now it's quarter to 11 and you don't know where that 15 minutes went and then everyone in the house needs a shower and then you're just about to go and someone needs the loo and someone's lost their Bible and someone has can't find their shoes and someone's fixing their hair and all of a sudden we're running late and now we're under pressure and now all the traffic lights are on red and we get stuck behind a learner driver and we're not feeling very godly towards that person uh, as we're stuck and we're getting stressed and we know that we're late and we screech into the carpet park and we get the car park team giving us the calm down signal but we know that we're late so we screech into our position uh, and we run in and we're sweating and we're trying to find somewhere to sit uh, and we arrive in the house of God and we're we're not exactly in the best frame of mind. Who knows what I'm talking about? I'm not the only person for whom that has happened. Sometimes that, that can be the reality of our lives, but aim 15 to say, what if we just aimed 15 minutes earlier? You see, the second service starts at 11:30. Can we all say 11:30? 11. Turn to your neighbour and say, say 11:30. 11:30. Now listen. If you were here at 11:20, good for you. Listen, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just saying, we can lift our standard, and there's a reason why it's important, which I'll come to in just a moment. What we actually do here, we have what we call uh, internally. Uh, a gathering song. So at 11.25, or for our early service, 9.10, we have what we call a gathering song. We don't have a countdown timer on the screen. A lot of modern churches do. I'm not saying we'll never do that, but we want to set a tone of worship. So we have a song. As people are chatting, it's like, oh, we're about to start. Uh, And then at 11.30 or or 9.15, somebody stands up, Luke today, and says, good morning, church. Great to see you. Now, normally at that moment, there's about 30 40% of the congregations in the room. But I know that if we were 90 to 100% congregation in the room, we would get further. We'd get further in our worship. And so, what if we just aim 50 minutes earlier? So, you set your alarm 15 minutes earlier, you have breakfast 15 minutes. You actually aim to get here at 11.15. And then, what happens is, if something goes wrong or you run it, you've created a margin. Why don't we all say the word margin? We need margin in our lives. We need to try and create. I'm working hard at trying to create some margin in my life because actually it positions you in a different frame of mind, different frame of mind to be able to handle things. And then if things go wrong, you're here. This is the idea behind AIM 15. You know, the reality is that maybe grace doesn't help us when it should do. You see, most of us, we make it to work on time, right? Right? We, we can do it. We demonstrate it by getting to work on time or getting to school on time or getting places. We can get places on time. Most of us, we get to work on time because we value our job. Because we know that if we don't, depending where we work, but we might get uh, a look from our boss or, you know, second time, or we might get a warning. We might even lose our job for habitual lateness. So we value it so we get there on time. With school, if you turn up late to school, then you get a mark or you get a phone home or you get a detention. And so, you know, most children have figured out, most parents have figured out how to get their kids to school on time. Now, if you go to a performance, let's say you go to a concert or a a sports match, normally you've paid money and so you want to get there for the start because you don't want to miss anything. Because you value it, you put a value on it, and your value of it is demonstrated by your punctuality. Also, you don't want the shuffle of shame in a concert of finding your seats in the middle of a row of people who've already arrived on time, and, and you kind of excuse me, sorry, I'm ever so sorry, sorry, sorry. And you get people tutting at you and looking at you. Uh, but in the house of God, it's a house of grace. I thank God it's a house of grace, but a house of grace means you arrive late and we go, Good morning. It's so good to see you. The Lord bless you. Come in. Welcome. And we are thrilled to see you, but we're even more thrilled to see you before the service got underway. But that, what can happen is grace that should call us higher can sometimes do the reverse. Paul says in Romans, shall we go on sinning that grace may abound by no means? In Titus 2, he says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all. This grace teaches us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. There's something if we truly understand God's grace, it will call us higher. So, mm, interesting. Now, I've got to say, look, I don't get this right all the time. In fact, while we were running this campaign two years ago, and I'd spoken a message on uh, why on time matters back then, I then had a meeting in the evening uh, with a couple in the church. And uh, I was due there at 7.30 and I was running late. And so I text them and said, I'm running late. I'll see you about 7.45. What I didn't realize was that they'd got about 15 people around their house. And so they just said, oh, Martin's just texted. He's running 15 minutes late. Let's all hide in the hall. So everybody stayed that should have gone, and when I knocked the door, uh, they opened the door, and everyone went, fifteen. <laughs> because I should have A15, and they were like, "Ah, oh, I got you. You know, sometimes we're all going to get it wrong. I want to say firstly today, our gathering matters to God. Can we say that together? Our gathering matters to God. You know, we believe that God's eternal plan is to bring His kingdom his rule and his reign and his ways on earth as it is in heaven. And his plan of how to do that is through the church. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. They will not hold against the advancing church in the earth through which God is bringing his kingdom. You know, when you stand for integrity, when you, when you shine your light, when you share Jesus, when you pray for the sick, his kingdom comes in the earth. But his method is the church, and Jesus said in Matthew 16, "I will build my church. the gates will not the gates of hell will not prevail." This word church is found 114 times in the New Testament. 113 of those times, it's one word, it's the ecclesia. It's a Greek word ecclesia or ecclesia. and it means the assembly. It means the congregation. It means the gathering. The, the literal word is convocation, which means a, a large official assembly. Jesus is saying here, I will build a gathering of my people. I, I don't want to stretch this too far, but we, if we read the Bible, we will understand there is a special place for the coming together of God's people. The coming together of God's people matters to God. The gathering of His people matters to God. Not that we can't find God on our own. Of course we can. We should. We must. We, we must learn to walk with the Holy Spirit 24-7. We must learn to find Him in prayer by ourselves. And yet there is something significant in the coming together of God's people. No, Jesus said in Matthew 18, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Is he not there in, when we're by ourselves? Well, of course he is, but there's something about the coming together. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus has been raised from the dead, ascended to the Father, and he says the believers, about 120 of them, verse 14, 15 of chapter 1 of the book of Acts, they are together in one place praying together, it says they continually met together in a place of prayer. The coming together of God's people. And then in chapter 2 of the book of Acts, verse 1, it says the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of them. They were gathered together all in one place and the Holy Spirit was poured out. Can you imagine being the person that wasn't there that day? But as she says, they were all all present when the Holy Spirit was poured out. It goes on, you can read through the the book of Acts, it says in Acts 2 that That they devoted themselves, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to prayer, and to the fellowship, to one another. And they met daily together. Incredibly powerful. This word devoted to, it's, it's a composite of two words, and it really means that they were present to be joined to. So it says the believers, we say devoted to, it. that just kind of means they were committed to, right? But it actually, the word devoted to means they were present in order to be joined to the apostles' teaching. They were present to be joined to the breaking of bread. They, they were present to be joined to prayer. And the, the inference, and as we read, acts is corporate prayer that they prayed together. The gathering of God's people is incredibly important to God. If you read through Scripture in Joel, he, he speaks... A prophetic word, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on the holy hill. The day of the Lord is coming. Rend your hearts. And he says, call an assembly. It's it's the same word. It's the same equivalent word, Sarah, as Ecclesia. Call the people together because God's about to move. You no, last week there was a prophetic word. The wind is about to change direction. Let me tell you, the coming together of us, you might think this is a strange message to bring on the back of last week. I think it's an important message to bring on the back of last week. Because if the wind is about to change direction, if God is about to breathe new breath, Into this house, if God is about to do a new thing in this place, we'd better be ready. We'd better position ourselves. We'd better get ourselves ready. And some of that means actually being here and being in the right frame of mind. Quickly, five reasons why you should aim 15. Number one, for honor. Can we say honor? 1 Samuel 2, verse 30 says, Those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me will be disdained. You know, there, there is a degree to which our approach to the house of God is a matter of our honor of God. You know, I dare say that if we were to meet the queen or the prime minister or our boss's boss, we, we would get ourselves there on time. And what an incredible thing that we can come and not only meet with each other, but meet with God in his house. And there's something of value that how we, how we value the house of God says something about our hearts, about what we believe, about our approach. Who am I coming for, and does he matter? Now, we get it. There are, there are newborn babies. We get it. Sometimes there are, there are single moms trying to get three kids out of the house, and just to turn up at all is a victory. We would get it. We've been there. We, we understand what it is in some of the seasons of life. We don't understand each other's particular circumstances. And yet in my heart, there has to be a question. Do I put a value on this? If I can get myself to work on time, can I get myself to the house of God on time? Also, our, our lateness dishonors those who have prepared. You know, we say to our early team that, that come out and vacuum the floor, we say, you're not vacuuming the carpet. You are preparing holy ground. Because this bit of carpet today, you never know. This could be a place where someone kneels down, and has an encounter with God. We are. We believe. You know. Sometimes I come in on a Saturday night, and I pray by myself up and down these rows. I put my hands on the chest. I say, God, would you come and meet with your people today? We believe that this can be a place of encounter. We prepare ourselves. See, the, the worship team, they, they pray through what songs to bring. They, they rehearse on a Wednesday night. They, they come in at 7.30 in the morning. Why just that we might be able to encounter God, that there might be a moment that somebody's life may be impacted, that your life may be impacted. And we honor that when we come ready. You see, there's this, there's this incredible relationship between the platform and, and the congregation. You see, the, the, the worship team, it's, what they bring is nothing without worshipers. You see, we're, we're the worshipers. These are the musicians and the singers. They're just trying to facilitate that in worship we can encounter God. And the, actually, you could have the most anointed, prayed and fasted, prepared worship team. But if there are no worshipers in the house, if there's no one here ready to bring anything, it's nothing. It's the same with the Word. The the Word can be prepared. There can be a Word for someone. But you know, the parable of the sower tells us it's the quality of the soil. It's the quality of the, the heart, the receiver of the Word, which is more impactful to the return than the quality of the seed. You see, there's nothing wrong with the seed. There's nothing wrong with the Word of God. I know some sermons can be stronger than others, but it is the quality of our hearts. You know, a preacher can stand on this pulpit, but if we're ready... It's why I always take notes. I've been in church for 30 years. If someone else is preaching, I take notes. Why? Because it helps me to lean in. I know that God can speak to me. I know I still have much to learn. I know that God's word can speak to my heart, that God might be wanting to say something to me today. So I'm a note taker. I lean in. There's this relationship and we, we honor that when we come Ready, in place, on time, ready for God. Secondly, we should do this for each other. We've spoken about the importance of the gathering, but Romans 12 says, In Christ, we who are many form one body. Can, I, can we say one body? Because each member belongs to the others. You know, I, I belong to you and you belong to me. You might think, well, it, it doesn't matter whether I'm here or not. It does matter whether you're here or not. If you're part of the body, you, can you imagine... Part of the, you know, the hand just decides to stay home. You think that wouldn't matter? You might think, well, I, you know, I don't really know anyone here. I'm new. Listen, if if God has brought you here, you are part of the body, and it's only a matter of time before you feel more part of the body. But if you are part of the body, you belong to me, and I belong to you. So if you're not here, it matters. Something's missing. And so actually, I, if I view, see many of us, we view this like going to the gym or going to the cinema. Should we go to the movies today? Should we go to church? Yeah, okay. But hey, it's not that. You see, if you go to the cinema, nobody else in the cinema cares whether you were there or not. Unless you're really tall and you're sat in front of someone and they wish you hadn't come. But in church, you, you, we belong to each other. We owe it to each other to be here and be ready. You know, there are, there are people who you will matter to. I remember when I was first a Christian and I, and I first went to church, I, there were just a small handful of people that I knew. And in that time of my life, they, if they were not there, it's like my heart sank. They might not have thought that they mattered to what was going on, but they mattered to me. Because they were just the five people that I knew at that time. And them being here mattered something. Also, our lateness can be a distraction. You know, some people have arrived here, they're in the middle of worship, and you know, then, then someone arrives, they're, they're trying to get a seat. I don't know whether you know you've maybe been part of this. I oh, well, Could this second row? Could you you stand up for me? Could this second? Could you stand up for me? And so what happens is is you know you you've arrived. You're a bit late, but there's a there's a seat down here, and and you're all worshiping. So all all fully going for it, worshiping. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But there's a seat, and then you're like, oh sorry sorry excuse excuse me sorry. So oh hello nice to like your t-shirt. That's great thank you. Sorry ever so sorry to disturb you. Oh how's How's the things at home? Okay. Listen, there's a time to ask about things at home, but it's not in the middle of worship. And so, like, we, we, we push in and push in. Oh, I'm ever so sorry. Sorry. Oh, I, I want to sit by Evans. Excuse me. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm ever so sorry. 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 Oh, so oh, sorry. 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 Hi. How you doing? How you doing? And Evans is like, listen, I was worshiping here. I was, I was just drawing near to God. Hello? Now, if you've ever been late, say, I've been late. I've been late. I'm just saying. What can happen? And and it can be a little bit of a distraction. And then Evans, who was lost in wonder, love, and praise, is now distracted by me because I've just landed and I've broken into that precious time. For each other. What do we say for each other? For each other. Maybe I'm pushing it. Maybe I'm pushing the point. Thirdly, for encounter. Encounter. We're so passionate about this. We're passionate about the presence of God. Our, our corporate readiness, I believe, has massive impact. You know, John Partington last week talked about, you know, the distinctive of the house of God is that God is among His people. The presence of God. We believe that this should be a Bethel. This should be a place of encounter. We believe this should be a place where, where we can encounter God. Every week. Now, a lot of that depends on my own personal posture, my readiness, which is why actually get myself here. It matters to me as well as it matters to the whole. But, you know, sometimes I believe we get so far by the fourth song that we could have gotten the first song if we were all here and ready to go. And then, on that day, we won't need the fourth song because God will take us deeper into Him. There can be a moment of something powerful, We passionately believe in the place of encounter. There's a principle in Scripture that God fills what we prepare. The the temple, 2 Chronicles 5, the materials are brought, the temple is built, the the Levites are gathered, the the worshippers assemble. the temple is consecrated, and the glory of the Lord fills the temple. You know, when we come ready, something can happen. You know, when I was first a Christian, I... It was by accident, but I had to get to church early because there was no buses from where I lived, but there was a family that drove in to the church where I was, but they were a strange family, and they liked to get to church one hour before the start. So if I was going to go, I could go with them, but I literally was here. I was like in the house an hour before the service started. But do you know what? It did something amazing in me. I look back, I, I honestly think it did something in the formation of my spiritual life. Because in getting here an hour early, I, I you know, found a place to sit and, and I prepared my heart. The worship band were rehearsing, but I, I prayed. I readied myself in that space. I, you know, By the time the service began, I was the most excited person in the room because I was ready. I had prepared myself, and I believe that did something for my own receptivity, my own potential for encounter with God. I thank God for Fred and Jean who drove me in for that year, and, and even though they were ridiculous in getting, his, uh, getting to church so early, it did something good for me. Fourthly, for example, you know, not all of us have children, but, you know, here at CLM, at the moment, we have about 300 people under the age of 16 uh, every Sunday. That means a lot of us are probably setting an example. The Bible says if you train a child in the way he should go, will not depart from it when he's older. And We can ask the question, well, how do we train children? Let me tell you, the number one way that we train our children is by what we do. It's by what we model. It's by our lives. Our lives speak louder than any words we can say. Not that our words aren't important, but what we live is what we model, which is how we train the next generation. And if I get to work on time, but I'm habitually late to the house of God or inconsistent, then it it communicates something to the next generation. I want to encourage us. let's, Let's be a house that models something. We also model something to our peers. I know there are, there are some young adult singles here who I know because I've heard testimonies where your prayer life, your consistency, your commitment has called something higher out of your peers. You can be a bar setter. You can be an example to those around you. You can be someone and people will look at your life and go, how are you growing this quick in God? I want to do what you do and they'll see how you live because that is what happens in life. We can be a great example. You know, some people say this, this is about culture. They say some of this is, you know, people talk about, normally Africans talk about African timing. I'm not, I'm not talking about African timing. I, I don't think this is an African issue. Because as I look around, it's, it's an everybody issue. But in any case, it's not about African timing or Indian timing or British timing or Chinese timing. It's about kingdom timing. Kingdom time, and that, that says, I believe the gathering of God's people matters to God. I believe this could be a place of encounter. I value this, and so I'm going to get here in place, on time, ready for God. That's the aspiration. That's, that's the prayer. That's the hope. But finally, do this if for no other reason. Well, do this for honor. Do this for each other. Do this for encounter. Do this for example, but do this finally. Do it for yourself take the stress out of your life you know who, who's been there in the morning scurrying together getting late rushing in you know feeling bad pushing down the road wishing you that hadn't happened well just aim 15 do it for yourself get here in plenty of time leave the house early some of you have never done that it's an amazing feeling And you can come in, you can, if you're in a car, you can drive along at a junction, you can let somebody else in, you're going to feel like Jesus even before you got to church. (laughs) You you can come into the car park, you can say, good morning, how are you? Thank you for serving. Oh, I've got plenty of time. Do you need any help? No, we're fine. And then you come and you can come into here and, and you can look around and you can choose where to sit. Some of you never experienced that in your life. I, I, I want to tell you, you should try it one time. You should try it next week. Be the first one here and go, hmm, where shall I sit? I, I could sit anywhere, anywhere I want. You could try a few places before other people come. Just see what the, the seat is like. Just check it out. Just say, oh, it feels good here. I think I'm going to go here. Rather than Mr. Stewart, Mrs. Stewart, is is there anywhere? Could you put out a back row for me because I don't want to be ushered down the front? It's like, I, I know how it goes. But you can come in. Do it for yourself. Take the stress out of your life and aim 15. I wonder if the band could come and join me. Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I'm God. Now some of us, we, we don't experience the knowing so much in our lives because we're not so good at the being. The being still, our lives are so hectic. Our lives are so hurried. Now some of us, we struggle because we're working so hard and we're so tired. And we pray for you, but we believe that as you come into God's house, that you might be strengthened in every way. But as we come ready something can happen and as we are still then something of that knowing of who he is will impact our world this is something that we will do out of religion or, or even out of discipline but we'll do it because we want to be where God is and our hearts will be prepared and be ready and we can meet God in that place you know I, I believe with all my heart that when God's people gather, anything can happen because the Lord Jesus is in the midst of us. And I believe he, he wants to so transform our lives that, that in the other 166 hours of our week, we will go and be light, chi- chi- light shiners. We will be world changers. We will bring Jesus to the, the person on the factory line next to us in, in the, the lecture hall by our side, in the, the office desk, We'll be ready when someone's sick to say, can I pray for you? And to know that the power of God is at hand and we're in a right place with him. I believe that's what God wants to do. We believe that the gathering of God's people is ultimately for the sending out of God's people, for the transformation of the world, for the glory of Jesus. And we come ready, this precious time together that God may meet with us, heal us, strengthen us, make us whole, change us break chains, call purpose out of us, position us for the very reason that he created us and call us to be those people that he uses. Ah, we believe in the gathering of God's people, key in the mission of the church. Over the next few weeks, we're not going to be speaking into this, but we'll be wearing some t-shirts. You'll be able to buy your own for only six pounds next week. If you want to, get on board. And let's call something better out of each other. Salem, I know we can do this. I know we can be different. I, I love it for people to come into this church and go, this is different. How does this happen? What, why is everyone here on time? And I hope the answer isn't because the pastor rebukes us every couple of years. I, I hope the answer is because we value the house of God. We want to be here to meet with Him. I want to be ready in, in a right frame of mind and a right heart. God, that's my prayer. You know, this for us, this campaign, it's not a gimmick. And as I close, allow me to say something really important because not all of us will get it right all the time. And so we have to live in the beauty of grace and truth. Truth that says we should be here because we should honor this and we should get ourselves here on time. But grace that says sometimes we won't get it right and it's okay and we love you so let me say let us all do better let us call it out of each other let's say come on we're going to commit to this we're going to do this we're going to put a value on coming and see what god does see if the chain if the wind is not about to change direction but you know what if you're late it's okay and if you're running late still come and if you are if you see someone late and someone comes down your row we don't need to tut We don't need to look at our watches. We don't need to say good evening. Let's welcome one another to the house of God because this is always going to be a house of grace. And also, we never know what's happened. You could have had an incredibly challenging morning. You could have come straight from a night shift. You could have given, as some people do, someone a lift home from the first service before coming back into the second service. You could have had one of those mornings where just to be here at all, just to be here halfway through, it's a miracle. And we want to welcome you on that morning. So this will always be a house of grace. So we're saying to our serving teams, it's business as usual. It's a welcome as usual. But let me say to all of us, come on, church, we can do this. Let's aim 15, in place, on time, ready for God. Let's say it together. Aim 15, in place, on time. Ready for God. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for your incredible grace. Thank you, Lord, for the amazing truth that you have placed us in a family with brothers and sisters. Thank you, God, that that you've created a place where we can come and meet with you, a place where we can worship, a place where we can lift you up, a place where we can receive your word. We say, thank you, God. We don't take this for granted. Lord, we value the opportunity to come into your house. And we pray, God, let this be a house of encounter. Let this be a place where our lives are transformed, where you cause something greater out of us, where you find our hearts ready to receive, where, where you find our hearts eager to press in to you and to catch hold of something of you where we're leaning in and listening, that we might receive and hear your word and it might transform our lives. We pray, God, as others come, as others walk in, they will tangibly sense something is different. They know they might not be able to articulate it yet, but they know they've never been anywhere quite like this because God is among his people. So will you help us? Forgive us where we've been so casual, and help us, God, that we would honor you and honor your presence and honor one another and give you our best. In Jesus' name, amen.